Welcome to the Christ Sees You podcast. My name is Ian Warner and I am your host and I'm the community peer at Codge Grove Church here in Des Moines, Iowa and sitting down with my main man, Marquis. How you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? I am well, man. I'm well. Um, so yeah, first things first, I start cast just jumping into you know what I see in you, what I appreciate about you. Um, I think the biggest thing has just been your, your infectious attitude. You are uh, fun to work with and you are, when you when you catch on to like the vision fan, you want to run with it and, and, and roll and keep going and uh, get to you know go to Edmonds and do teammates together and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, just seeing you, um, just being being kids' lives has been amazing. And so I appreciate you, Bo. I appreciate that. And I think you know, obviously, you, you worked at Cottage Grove for a bit. You just took a job working with Remax Precision. Um, talk a little bit about just like your story because I think a lot of people at Cottage Grove don't even know really you know where Marquis comes from. To see this this dolly guy who's you know fun to be around and a lot of worry. Yeah, um, I'm originally from Southern Illinois. Uh, grew up in a two-parent home, kind of lucky. Uh, sorry, uh, I kind of got lucky in high school. Uh, dad was in out of jail. Dad was in a jail. Uh, she, met a young man, they fell in love. Uh, he stepped into that dad role for me. Uh, let's tell people that I died by God's grace. I dodged a bullet. My mom meeting technically my stepdad by calling my dad uh, because I was on the brick of, you know, growing up with a five figure, uh, which I mean, you know, and, and I know working with these kids that having a father figure is huge. My dad, a.k.a. my stepdad, he stepped in that role uh, and pretty much raised me. So I call him my dad. Uh, he pretty much raised me. Uh, he's also a pastor. I grew up in church. Um, I lived the Christ life, but I grew up in church. It was instilled in me. Um, and uh, how I, seeing my what keeps my happiness and keeps like, my grind is I saw both of my parents with having a church, and often I have a special needs brother. So seeing my parents grind, seep the happiness through all their trials and tribulations, it kind of instilled that in me that I don't have, I don't know the word for it. I don't really show when I'm bad at because mm-hmm. you just feel like you feel God's face. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the word for mm-hmm. it. I face, and it's too many people having bad days. I feel like I can't afford to have a bad day because mm-hmm. I need to somebody like just going to talk to somebody and having that positive attitude. Even though I might be not, I might not be having the best. They also having a, a tougher time than I'm having. Oh, well, that's and so. What's crazy about that is the thing I actually love the most about being a community pastor is like. Just the other day, I was I was going over to a high kid crazy story, and I, I, as a mom to go do that, a guy was sitting outside the church, homeless, and he asked me for a ride. So I gave him a ride over to the come and go, and just gave me a little bit of story. And um, you, you're I'm constantly people. Who I'm like, bro, what am I even complaining about? Yeah. It, and you see how much how easy it is for us to get inside our, all of our problems. I'm like, bro, there's there's people out here with yeah problems, problems. on a next like all this level stratosphere. You know what I mean? And again, it yeah. doesn't mean that struggle at all i don't have any issues but it just puts things in perspective yeah. and that's pretty much how i live my life every day is i think of when i do run into problems instantly in my head i'm like oh it's somebody right now so thank god that my problem is is but it's another person out here struggling like a lot worse than i am so i don't have time to pick myself mm. or, or sit in that yeah so, let's dig in a little bit on the whole father figure yeah because it's like, what are the things that you even noticed growing up that, you know, obviously you grew up around kids who didn't have father figures. Yeah. 
It's like, what, what are some of the things you noticed about the kids you bothered? Uh, just that structure. Uh, I knew I couldn't do things because I had to report <laughs> back to my father. And my parents didn't play that. Uh, so that was the one big thing. I knew I couldn't do certain things. Too do certain things because I knew the consequences. And uh, I had that father figure. Not to say I was scared or like if I got, if I if I did this like I I just knew like hey, if I did this it was gonna be some consequences I was gonna be a punishment um, you know I'm gonna get a spanking you know sure. what I'm saying? so like but but it, and it's not even about like it's like, there is a little bit of fear and I think there's just something different growing up as a boy yeah. when there, you know there's someone at your house who probably beat you up. yeah fast or like like it, you're not the like you're not the man of the house like. Your dad is the also. I think we're growing up with a father, uh, which me a lot. Uh, like these couple of years, is I saw how my dad treated my mom. Mm-hmm. So uh, he treated my mom at all times. Um, I can't even count on one hand how many times that she saw my parents argue or fight. My dad had so much respect for my mom that translated to my life and how I treat my wife, uh, and also how my dad take care of his parents and my mom's parents. Uh, I think seeing him do all these things and uh, take care of them, like take them on vacations, making sure everything, no matter what goes on, making sure they're okay. It kind of like when I when I get to that age, parents get to that age, that like they're not working anymore or work, and I want to be able to take care of them. And I don't think I would have that instilled in me if I didn't have my dad in my life. But also just being a decent human being, because I seen that be a decent human being. Uh, my dad to give his shirt. Is that to a random stranger? Mm-hmm. Like he'll give his last penny <laughs> to a random stranger if he. So having him in my life really instilled those morals. So then, what about on the flip side? What have you? What did you notice? Well, didn't have a father. Uh, so this is crazy. Um, I see it my uh, up siblings that my dad, uh, my biological dad. So is he loves on biological dad side. Wow, he has eleven kids. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, crazy. How, how many different moms? Uh, seven. Yeah, that's a big mom job. Yeah. the max, bro. Yeah, seven. Woo! Sir. Golly. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I actually got to see half of them not too long ago. Yeah. So, uh, so my mom, she didn't, she didn't keep me at home to see me. She just kept me guarded. So, I wasn't, uh, what's the word? I didn't, so I didn't see uh, his lifestyle. Of being out of jail, selling, so uh, being with all these different women, so he guarded. So I had to deal with all that, see all that. Uh, but I got some brothers, man. Uh, that you know, I see it not having that father figure in their life, uh, and I, what it has done. Uh, and I don't want to say it's too late. Like he's finally, my biological father's finally reached that stage in life that he's mature enough to like realize like, hey. I wasn't there while you guys growing up, but it's never too late. I mean, sometimes it can be too late, but he's making this couple of years, uh, which I've been praying for the sake of my sibling. Uh, but they're at that age where you can tell some of the city making, the way they act, uh, the way they hold their cellar, uh, some of the choices they make. Uh, that if they did have that father figure, maybe they they wouldn't make those. I can't say they definitely wouldn't make those choices. Cause I made more voices in life too, but. Um, and them, uh, I have friends that didn't grow up with fathers and seeing the difference, especially some of the more support, like they never had support in their life or feeling like, you know, 
because they didn't have that two-parent income, their mom had to work three jobs. So, therefore, they raised themselves. Uh, so, I put my friends. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I For me, one of the big things I noticed, always trying to do things for, like, the approval of a father that's not there, you know? Yeah. Trying to sleep with a lot of women to show, like, you got value that yeah. you got it. Masculine, you're masculine. Stuff, yes. Yeah. Like, because you have symbol and teaching you any any type of masculine trait. Um, you, you're trying to prove it and gain it in, in other. But I also think that structure is huge. It's just like yeah. the discipline of someone seeing someone in your house like you is okay. I get up, I go to work, I take care of the garbage, yeah. do these things. Like I have a routine. Um, whereas, like, you, like you're saying, like if you're you have one parent um, and they're working a lot, it's like that means who, who's at home raising yeah, who's siblings. At home. Siblings. The like, siblings. That's that's so true. The streets uh, become family. Um, and, and and I think this is important to talk because I think a lot of people in your house and join a gang and it's like well you, you join a gang because yeah there's no structure at home mom or even the single dads you know mm-hmm. dads working you know what I'm saying you out in the streets mm-hmm. and you're getting that that's crazy that you said it because I know so many I have some friends that they didn't have that father figure but they found that father figure in the streets that who they look up to is in the streets that becomes that father figure so they want to be just like them mm-hmm. and then it just turns into a a downward spiral from that. Uh, but yeah, man, it's crazy. And it's Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell when some it of these kids, young. yeah, like it's crazy. Cause you can tell when some of these kids, like you like, do they have a father figure in the house? And you're like question it. But then when you ask me like, yeah, my father's not my sense. Mm-hmm. Some of the actions make sense. Um, and yeah. things they think they can get away with and you're not going to check them. Yeah. That's, that's what I like. It's like, you think I'm not going to sing to you. It's like the other day, uh, my, my mentee tried to, I beat him in soccer. You weren't, you weren't there, there but uh, it was a soccer shootout and he beat me first at double nothing. Right. And the, the, it was for cho- for some candy. He, he takes the deal and I win right. and he just marches off and goes off the class. So yeah. I was like, All right, cool. Bet. Uh, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I know I, and, I got you. Yeah. Next week. I'm yeah. like, and that was the first thing I said to him. I made him apologize. And he thought he was shocked that I remembered. I'm gonna hold yeah. accountable. It's like, yeah, no, we're gonna hold you accountable. You're not a star off whatever you want. And that's that's what they need. And I think I remember that because the next week, uh, we played games with them and they lost twice. So they had 50 pushups. <sighs> and watching third graders, their fourth wasn't bad. Yeah. I, I was actually surprised. They actually did them all. They did them all. It was, and they really didn't. They didn't complain too much about it either. They did it all. I mean, they touched their arms a little bit because I'm pushups <laughs> back to back. Uh, crazy because. Last week, I mentee, and I told him, I was like, hey, I'll bring you some candy if up till the next time eat, you haven't gotten in trouble. I went, and he's not there, and uh, he got in trouble. They said he wrote something on the the, the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and he didn't write it, but he was around uh, that wrote it, so he got the consequences because guilty by association. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, asked me, he said, Having to my candy, and I was like, "You, you still got in trouble." So like, he threw like this fit. And I was like, "I was like, it's gonna come a point where you have to grow up and start taking your consequences and being responsible instead of just pouting about it." Come like, you don't have a like. This is life at this point. Like, it's real, it's not gonna be no. Oh, I can pout my way out of it. So. And I, I think that's what happens though, right? Is and, and and you're seeing this more in schools now. It's like you can more about consequences. Yeah. So then 
you start getting more and more trouble. They, they try to remove the consequences from kids, and they commit like a, a serious violent crime. Yeah, and want to get them adults. Yeah, and it's like they're like, "Whoa, what? You got to put these consequences on me now? I got to go my whole life." And and then to piggyback off that, then his walk in, like we're almost done by now, and she's like, and she's talking to him, and I was talking to her, and she was like, she said something to him like, "Hey," and also you got to keep your hands to yourself. Found out he punched, and I was like, "Why'd you punch him?" He said to him. And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you go, you're in a hard way. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's not something you just do. Mm-hmm. You're not okay, but also that's even that structure mm-hmm. to think it's okay just to wild out and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which I would, I mean, having having a dad or even just having my mom in my life and my parents having that structure, I wouldn't dare at that. I mean, like growing up, we do things, but like that, it was just that one time. Yeah, and you no know, one I've noticed that's changed a lot is. So so when I live on the south side and I take the bus every day down to downtown, a middle school, so all the kids would get on the bus. And one thing I noticed is kids don't know how to be respectful around adults. So like when I was a kid, no matter how bad I was, person or whatever, when when adults were around, you 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 yeah you, yeah, man, you switch yes, it up, sir. you yes. switch it up, you get your mind right. You know, like you really felt like anyone's grandma could smack you. Oh, yeah, facts. But when I'm on the bus, I'm seeing these kids. They're all types of people on the bus, right? And they're just swearing, they're cussing, they're doing. I'm like, whoa, bro. yeah. That's just, that's different. Yeah, grow, bro, growing up, like, no more where I was, even in my friend's house, just, even when I was just out and about, like, had, like you said, like, you just, back then, you just never knew, like, my grandma might, might, might snap on you, mm-hmm. and that's just how it was, but nowadays, you don't, yeah. kids are just reckless about it, but also, it was ma'am, no ma'am, and I mean, I even get called today, like, my age, I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, like, it's just, it's, or even like when you had a coach, you call him coach. Yeah, coach. like don't call him anything else. It's yeah. just a, it's just that respect. That's yeah. just and kids don't got that mm-hmm. at all. It's a lot different. And that's just something both my parents instilled with me. Like, if I just man, I'm grabbing my ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so while we're on this, I just wanna, I wanna, cause you've been doing from the beginning. Uh, give people the quick pitch on why they should. Yeah. So teammates, teammates is because these kids, some of these kids don't have that support. And it's not their to not have that support. Doing uh, provide that support. Like they literally give up their lunches to hang out with you, uh, and, not, and that's how you know they're serious about having that support and just having that that life that they're willing to give up their recess and their lunch, hang out with you. Uh, some of these kids long for that connection with uh, someone outside of their their household because some of their households are just. Some kids go home and it's a nightmare. Mm. Uh, some of these kids go home and it's just them at most time. And they're lonely. They raise themselves. Uh, they don't have the structure or they don't have the discipline on just regular life. Talk the only thing it is going to make. Mm. Uh, I think uh, seeing me and you, a couple other people from Cottage Grove, uh, teammate, I can tell, like from my first and now, I see a big, a huge change in just. Him growing up and becoming more mature and understanding, like, hey, like you think you're this big, bad, big bad wolf on at the school, but you're, really you're not. He's starting to realize, hey, some of the things that he's been doing in the past isn't right. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, and those you're gonna check, yeah. And I'm a, yeah, I keep it 100 with him 24 7. I know you keep it 100 with your mentee because we there's no sugar coat in any situation. Um, I mean, if, if some of those conversations might be like, oh, why are you with a, a third grader, but. <laughs> They need it. They need it because, I mean, when I was in third grade, people in my life I was having real conversations with me. Mm. And like you said, they do need it. So 
We need more people. It's like the it. more, the better. Change these kids' lives. Amen. Uh, last thing I want to transition to, man, is you, know, you got you had a unique experience in coming off of employment, right? So you you haven't been married that newly married, yeah. Uh, so you and and Bethany, you know, switched churches to come to College Grove, and um, just what are some things that people have in terms of making the church better at welcoming new people and, and and just making it a church that anyone can come to? Yeah, I think yeah, it is a unique situation, especially for uh, Bethany because we went to separate churches when we first met. So then, I had to choose. She had to choose. <laughs> Uh, so we both left our home church, went and then a year, year and a half later, uh, I get a job opportunity at college. So then her having to leave another church she loved to go and pass through that, uh, to go to another church was stuff on her because she didn't grow up in church. Uh, me, I grew up in church. Church was my life. Uh, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was church 24-7. Uh, so it's a little bit easy for me to transition. It was a little bit harder, but um, just just the people at Cottage Grove being so open, and so like it's no way you know, in Cottage Grove, and no one says anything to you until you get to your seat. It's just it's like impossible, and it does happen. It's very rare. So I'm sorry if it happened to anybody. I think that's what we can do as a church. That my 20 years, or it's their first time. In- Shouldn't be, they shouldn't make it to their seat and back out to their car and go home without body talking to them. Like, a high, like, it should be, I think, I think a lot of people get in the motion of just going to church and trying before people get to talking to mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of person my wife was mm-hmm. until, you know, she got like, like, hey, community is very important. But I think that's one thing that Cottage Grove has been doing very well is people can't come in without uh, another thing is fine I think as a church because I can't say college girl come part of college as a church as a whole I think we need to figure out a way to connect with our community a little bit better um, and that's just that is take I think that's very that's very important to me but I also think very important that it'd be very important to our congregation with us being in the neighborhood and I mean it is tough because there's three other churches so we got options but some of them not. Most of them churches. I'm saying it's three churches, literally, not, not even half a mile of their homes. But they need to be. If it's not Cottage Grove, they need to be at one of them. How did you know you came Cottage Grove? That Cottage Grove wasn't connected. Kind of clicked to you. I think it clicked to me when he went out and we was heading out. We sent out forms. Yeah, we were canvassing for the breakfast at Christmas time. Right yeah, before that, we was canvassing for the breakfast, and most of the people we talked to. This was first thing that made most of the people we talked to was like, "Where's Cottage Grove?" And I'm like, "What? Are you serious?" Like over there. Yes, and and just to, just for some context on this, y'all, we would canvas from 24th, which is the street Cottage Grove's on, 23rd, 22nd, 21st, to MLK Avers, so just that box right around the church. And what's crazy, person I remember we talked to was on 23rd, so we could see the build from their house, like yeah. you literally could point to it and go like, "Yo, Cottage Grove is right there." It's right there, and like. Made me realize, like, okay, that got that got my brain thinking. This neighborhood like that. So that next Sunday, the was like, okay, so there's not a lot of people in this church that this neighborhood. Like, if you want to be honest, church are middle aged white people. Uh, so, and the most people in this neighborhood are predominantly 
black, Hispanic. Uh, so I was like, something's not at. I would even say that there are there are a lot of white people in this neighborhood. If you go over where we were canvassing, but it's like the, the socioeconomic gap. Yeah, it's a gap that you definitely feel where it's like people who are in public walking in the door. Not walking in the door. So that's my biggest thing that I think my heart is on besides creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Is trying to find a way to get Cottage Grove connected. I know, and you've been working hard on that. Been like just frontiering that whole thing with being out in the neighborhood constantly, constantly, constantly. So I know it's gonna happen. I mean, being consistent at that, you gotta reap reward. I think that's we got blessing Cottage Grove to pack the neighborhood in a, a different way. Uh, and I'm hoping that the other two churches can do the same. Like I said, it's not that. We want everybody to just come to Cottage Grove. Like, if it's not going to be a church, so go somewhere. Go some go somewhere. If it's if it's not Cottage Grove, go somewhere. Because uh, Cottage Grove might be for everyone. But I think that we can, as a community, I mean, as a church community, is figure out a way to get a neighborhood that we're we're in. Because that's you get if I'm wrong, but that's like one of us being a multi. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, man to be diverse. Diversity is is what the value is, and yeah, diversity. The reality of it, homogeneity, is being in a homogeneous is, is easy. It's comfortable. If, it, yeah. if no matter who you are, right? If you speak Spanish, you want to be around people who yeah, speak Spanish and who are yeah. from wherever you're. You know, if you're from El Salvador and you're here and you speak Spanish, you want to be or speak, speak Spanish, right? Yeah. But it's like the gospel breaks those walls down so that. We actually want to be around people who are different and celebrate those differences. Yeah. And with that too, like realizing that you can be around someone who's in poverty. Oh yeah. It's not just a one way. Oh, I'm going to give you skills to yeah. money and be like a middle class person like me or a, a upper middle class or whatever you are. Um, but to actually realize this person, they've been through some stuff that they can teach me that can actually help me grow closer to Christ. And it's I not, think that's that's a we also gap. It's not a one way transaction. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's good because I mean, let's be honest, like me, you. Jew, other black people that go to the church, we're we're minority still here, uh, and I think, what like you said, we, God has made it easier for us to be a people that's not like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, yeah, bringing in, inviting more people that don't have the same as you or the same lifestyle, like, like it's okay. Like somebody might want to hear, it's okay to go sit next to them and have that conver- have that conversation. Or somebody might walk in high or mental. It's okay to no. go sit next to them. Come. Yeah. yeah. Instead of being like, oh, why are they here? But I mean, it's gonna be people that walk. It's so many homeless people that walk around that come to Cottage Grove that they get food out the food pantry. Oh, they like, come, yeah, man. Yeah. They come to Cottage Grove Monday through Saturday. Sunday, they, they ain't gonna see them. So like, get them to feel comfortable. To walk into church because they can come Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday because they only gonna see staff here mm-hmm. and people. So they, they're like, all right, cool. Like if I run into a staff, that's cool. But like, how can you make them feel comfortable coming on stay when it's three hundred plus people here that they know not gonna judge them and walk in? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, be my, that's that's one of my biggest prayers for um, for Cottage Grove is reaching the neighborhood in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, Love it. Well, uh, bro, as always, man, thanks for thanks for hopping on. Definitely sure. get you on here again. Um, but yeah, listen, man, if if you know God's stirring in your heart to hop in, 
uh, email me. Uh, email is iwarner at cottagegrovedsm. Just let me know. There's plenty to do. There's, you know, uh, harvest is public laborers are few, right? There's always, always work to be done, man. So we want to make this imp in the community. Uh, we got to start small and just keep, just going to take time. We got to keep moving. Thanks for hopping on, brother. Thank you so much for listening to the Christ Sees You podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, to share your own story or to connect me with someone who has an amazing God story, my email is iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com. That's iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com. And if you want more of this podcast, make sure you subscribe. See you next time.